Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. This week's episode of Book Cheat is brought to you by Audible. Right now, for a limited time, you can get three months of Audible for just six ninety five a month. That's more than half off the regular price. Go to audible.com slash bookcheat or text bookcheat to 500-500 to get started. And this week's episode of Book Cheat is also brought to you by HarperCollins and Lou Burney's new book, November Road, out now through all good bookstores, both online and in the real world. Hello and welcome to Book Cheat, the book club podcast where I've read the books so you don't have to. My name is Dave Warnke and on each episode of this show we look at one of the classics. And joining me to discuss a classic this episode from the Plumbing the Death Star podcast, it's Mr. Joel Dusha. Thank you so much for having me back. Thank you so much for coming back. Also back in the Book Cheat studio from the weekly Planet podcast, it's Nick Mason. I'm back also. Hello, everybody. Hello. We're back. It's great to be here. Returning guests. That's right. It's, it's the superpowers from episode one and episode two combining yes. to create episode what is possibly number eight or nine. <laughs> we were the worst Why? parts of our episodes. <laughs> um, well, this is good because like, we often get like... Why don't you have James and Mason on your podcast? So I just come on a separate podcast and I can just direct everyone to this. Good. Right. Yeah, yeah, yep. Rather okay. than, yeah, just... Synergy. Yeah, bringing Synergy. everyone together. And now Mason can explain why he hates your podcast and will never <laughs> oh, appear on no. it. no. I'm just against plumbing of <laughs> yeah, all yeah, kinds. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I've got to... Look, it's, it's an outhouse or nothing, if you ask yeah, me. Yeah, well, it's funny you say that. We <laughs> have occasionally gotten emails and bad reviews on iTunes because they're like, they did not once mention plumbing. And we're like, oh, okay, <laughs> how did you read the episode title? And be like, can't wait to see how the plumbing comes into this. Look, it's on us. We did yeah. call the podcast well, So they that. downloaded Best Fictional Superhero Power, and they're like, mm, okay. What are we <laughs> talking fi- about? To a, fix plumbing. A bit, of, bit of piping here. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> Although that sounds pretty on brand for us to be like, which superhero would be the best at fixing pipes? <laughs> well, there you go. There's yeah, the there's an episode. episode. Mm-hmm. But Maso will not be appearing on it because he hates all things plumbing. <laughs> that's yes, right. Fair enough. Mm. Uh, but thanks for coming back. So it's been a while since I've had you both on the show. I usually ask our new guests uh, if they've been big readers in their lifetimes. We've talked about that before. So I just want to ask over the last few months, Joel, first of all, have you been reading anything? I have been reading things for the first time in a long time. Uh, <laughs> our first time since uh, appearing on this show. We sort of changed oh, your life. Yeah. We absolutely. So these books I have definitely picked up. Books, also two oh, things. Oh, my, oh my goodness. goodness. Yeah, uh, I've become... So since appearing on Book Cheat, I've become a bit of a bookworm. Joel, Joel, <laughs> just, just say you've only read one book and I'll have your other book. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, so, so I was reading your second book. It's all right. The listeners can't hear us. It's fine. So, um, Dave will take this out and edit it. Me, 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 me and Mason have been reading what one? One book each. Yes. Oh, fantastic. Um, one of us has been reading A Clockwork Orange. Oh, yeah. Okay. And one of us has been reading Misery. 
do that with you can pick whichever one. Oh, Stephen King, yeah, Misery. Yeah, yeah, misery. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're a big Misery the fan. One about, the one about the haunted car. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. I can talk about this one. Here we go. So yeah, I've um yeah, I'm I picked up Misery and it was like it got to a point where I had to put it down because I'm like, wow, this is it's good, but it's very intense, like far more intense than the film. I was going to say is, it's grizzlier, isn't it? Like yeah, uh, like it, pretty early on, like just to set the scene, um, like the main character drinks his own urine pretty pretty early on in the book. Uh, like so early on that he's not even trapped yet? It's just like, <laughs> it's just like, that's, that's why he crashed his car at the start. He was trying, <laughs> I can't get enough of this. Oh. <laughs> oh, double fisted jars me OP. Oh. I cannot wait for the traffic light. <laughs> I've got to do it. <laughs> Rolls his car and I was like, wow, what a strong way to start. No wonder why this is a classic. His haunted car? I've read it. <laughs> and if, if it only gets worse from there, that's, uh, yeah. that is well, pretty yeah, miserable. Yeah, because it's like, it's, yeah, so basically just to describe it, it's not in the film. Um, uh, Kathy Bates' character basically gets angry at him pretty early on in the uh, book. It happens again later on, which is in the movie. But in this one, she dehydrates him, like just doesn't give him any food or drink for like a week or Does something. Does she give him urine? Well, no. Which he, he loves. He pees in the bed sheets and then rent, like drinks it out, sucks it out of the bed sheets, basically. That is horrific. And Mesa just took a drink. Big drink. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> you look at look, that I like, oh, God. I don't want to be in any kind of situation where that's happening. So I'm going to be very hydrated. <laughs> or like alternatively, a- make sure you're hydrated enough. So if you are in that situation, you've got plenty to work with. Exactly right. Uh, well, then, it sounds like a gripping read to read before bedtime. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, and then I was like, wow, this is intense. I should, like, okay, I might, now that I'm super into books again, I guess, maybe I'll pick up another book, maybe something a bit lighter, A Clockwork Orange. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. I don't know why I picked both of those books, but I was like, oh, I guess just alternate between two horrific times. They're both good. I found myself reading a lot of them and before I put them down, but yeah, harrowing. Yeah. <laughs> lots of bad things happening to people. Yeah. Have you been having terrible dreams? I imagine you have. No, but that's almost more concerning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> no, I'm fine, happy. Yeah, if anyway, my life's improved. <laughs> and so we've got to ask. Uh, let's see, I have been reading, I, w- I wouldn't call it literature, but I've been reading Anthony Bourdain's book, uh, Kitchen Confidential. So that's a good oh, old Very day. nice. And are, are you a, a whiz in the kitchen? I don't know this. Not at all, no. But maybe this is going to inspire me. <laughs> right. I watch it. The, he's got his uh, Netflix show, Parts Unknown, is on. Uh, and it, it, I look at it and I go, oh, I'm, I'm so inspired. To get on Uber Eats now. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and get some, some of this cuisine of the world. Mm. Yeah, just Google Delightful. what he's made and find out who can make it for you. <laughs> I also read, uh, I, I've been working through a backlog of old Hemingway novels, which is, oh, cool. uh, I'm enjoying that. Uh, and uh, okay. I mean, you kept that pretty quiet. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's the thing. I haven't really been reading. Well, I've been going through all of uh, Ernest Hemingway's. Here's the thing, though, and we mentioned this off air, is that I am constant fear that I will say the exact same thing that I said last time as what I've been reading, and I think it I think it might have been Hemingway last time. So just to be clear, it's a different one this time. <laughs> but that's why you say what I said it's a different one. So you say back catalogue because people are like, oh, he must have written a few books. Yeah, You're reading them all. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm rereading a whole bunch of uh, ones that I've read back in the day and getting some new stuff out of them because when I read them originally, I was just an angsty teen. So, <laughs> well, uh, they are frequently requested by people to yeah, be book right. cheated. So maybe, yeah. One day, guys, we'll mm. get on to some Hemingway. I also read a Batman, Batman <laughs> comic. Which one? Uh, so Hemingway. It's, 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 yeah, exactly. <laughs> so there's a there's a classic uh, Batman storyline called The Dark Knight Returns, which is set in the future, and, and Batman's retired, and, uh, he, and he has to return, uh, you know, to to his, his city's overrun with crime, and he has to come back even though he's retired, and causes a whole bunch of trouble. And so I read Dark Knight Three, which is the second sequel to that, and it's the it's it's after the writer went insane. <laughs> 
And so, okay. like, I haven't read, yeah, The Dark Knight 3, but I've read the second one, and it is almost undescribable how off, like, just crazy it goes. Really? People are drinking urine from sheets or... They're drinking urine from capes. It's bringing that cape out. You better believe it. Um, yeah, there's a really famous panel that I can't even mention because it features a word that you wouldn't expect to be in a Batman comic. But uh, yeah, Batman refers to Robin as the R word. <laughs> there you go. What a, what a, I can't believe you called, called him Robin. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely surprising. All right. Yeah, well, like, speaking of insanity, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. great segue here to start this week's episode. I am going to tell you all about William Shakespeare's Hamlet. Perfect. Mm. One of his most famous uh, tragedies. So I've got to ask if either of you read this, studied this at school, seen a film, uh, seen a Batman inspired by it perhaps. <laughs> uh, no, I haven't even seen The Lion King, which I believe is really? heavily inspired yes. by, by Hamlet. Yes, famously so. I have seen The Lion King, but that is <laughs> as far as my knowledge of Hamlet goes. Well, I'm aware of Hamlet as a concept. Uh, I haven't read it, though, nor did I study it in school. It's not even one of those ones that you can sort. I guess it is. Like, you know how there's a lot of things you can sort, you can you can piece together by context? Yeah. Like, because you've seen so many Simpsons parodies of, of whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm, I've seen I've seen Arnold Schwarzenegger holding a skull and doing some Alas, poor Yorick. So I'm aware of what, you know, I'm, I'm aware that's that what that is, Last Action Hero. Uh, <laughs> Which is a, a criminally underrated film. And criminally, he wasn't cast as Hamlet in any film adaptations mm, yeah. since that. Because obviously... One of the greatest actors of his generation. Uh, I've read a comic book, though, where the main character's name is Yorick, and I understood that reference. Uh, that's probably where my knowledge ends. And did though. you go, oh, very good. <laughs> very nice. The book spells it out very early on, <laughs> oh, really? so I didn't even have to be like, oh. <laughs> the book was like, this is my name, and this is why. I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> well, there you go. Well, so I've read Macbeth. I've read Merchant of Venice. I've read another one. And I saw a very nice version of Midsummer Night's Dream in the Botanical Gardens. Oh, was, when was when was this? Oh, this was ten years ago, probably. Oh, fantastic! Yeah. You yeah, missed it, like, I think. They yeah. do. They, they, they put on. I've seen a couple in the Botanical uh-huh. Gardens. I think I've seen a Midsummer Night's Dream, and I've seen Twelfth Night. Ah, oh, yes. Great. One was great. One mm-hmm. not so great. And I will not reveal <laughs> which one. For I cannot remember. I, just remember. <laughs> I remember being like, that was bad, and that was good. Uh, Shakespeare's. Plays are often suggested. You can uh, suggest a book at any time by going to our uh, Twitter page and uh, we've got a link there. And you can tell me why I should uh, do a book if you're studying it, for example. That's why (laughs) I I imagine a lot of Shakespeare's (laughs) do come up. Or uh, there's a link in the description to this episode. But this uh, Shakespeare itself, Hamlet, was suggested by Bill from Manchester. Thank you, Bill. Sam Markelin from Melbourne. Thank you, Sam. And... Connor Allens from Plainfield, Illinois. Well, now you're just Ooh. jumping on the bandwagon, Connor. Yeah. So no, no thanks to you. Well, you can write a message as to why I should do it. Oh, and yes. he wrote, quote, I have to read it for my English class pretty soon, and I hate reading Shakespeare. <laughs> so thanks, good, Connor. Good as any. So I, I feel like maybe this, this podcast has been going long enough that somebody would have based their school book report on an episode. Have you gotten any feedback? From Haven't that? got any feedback, but I'm imploring we, people. If yeah, there's anyone out there. Let's throw this out there. We want someone to tweet. Okay, so if anyone is studying Hamlet, this is a big risk because this is your education. <laughs> but I, look, I'm happy to risk this for you. Don't read Hamlet. Only listen to this podcast. Write a report. 
send us your grade. Oh, that would be great. Or if you're doing an oral presentation, get one of your classmates to film it. That would be fantastic. Oh. <laughs> so Hamlet was a man and Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> held a skull. Let's, I'll be honest, I turned the podcast <laughs> off after that. Pissy so. sheets? Yeah. Oh, and if you're at uni, I would love if one of your footnotes, one of your citations was to Dave Warnicke, Yeah. Book Cheat Podcast. I've been cited in a thesis and it was... Really? Yeah. I, I, I've never said anything clever in my life, so I don't know why, but I have been tweeted a picture of a footnote in a thesis that cited something that we said. Well, that is now my, that's my new it's, goal in life. It feels yeah. powerful, but again, I feel like I've ruined someone's life. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I've ruined your life, please tweet in. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right, so Hamlet, full title, The Tragedy of Hamlet, Prince of Denmark. I hope it's called Hamlet, full title. <laughs> It was written by William Shakespeare around the year 1600. A lot of stuff around uh, William Shakespeare's not 100% confirmed. So it's somewhere around the year 1600. Even that he's real. Put that in your thesis. <laughs> that is damn true. Mm. If you'd like to hear us discuss that in length, uh, do go on. My other podcast did yeah. an episode all about him. It was popular during Shakespeare's lifetime and continues to be one of his most performed and studied plays. It's been adapted for stage, green radio, comics, anything pretty much you can name it. Uh, the plot of The Lion King, as you said, Max, was famously <laughs> similar in many ways to Hamlet. So if you haven't heard the story of Hamlet before, but you have seen The Lion King, which you have not. Mm-hmm. Great. I was I'm just covering gonna... all the bases. Yeah. By that, I mean none of the bases. <laughs> so you said that it's famously like one of the most studied work. Neither me nor Mason studied in school. Did you, Dave? I did not study. So that's zero percent. <laughs> I was also a Macbeth. Yeah, a but... Romeo and Juliet. Mm. Mm. I was meant to do Romeo and Juliet, but last minute they pulled it and replaced it with Gattaca. Wow. <laughs> okay. I don't know what. Was your teacher like? I like Ethan Hawke. <laughs> We're gonna watch it. I imagine that they'd just been through like some romantic fling, just seen before sunrise or before sunset or something. We're like. I love Ethan Hawke now. Uh, <laughs> Put him on. Gattaca. It seems like I can gra- grasp at straws there because. A lot of metaphors in that that oh, are very, very heavy-handed. I also studied <laughs> unbelievably. <laughs> we didn't go to the same school. The though. one I remember they, they kept for- forcing down your throat was because it's all about uh, like changing people's DNA and mm. like the staircase looks like a double helix. Yes. Whoa, symbolism. <laughs> uh, and <laughs> there's also symbolism of a silver medal turns gold when a character kills themselves. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, so... It's a bit of a spoiler for Gattaca, but... Um, yeah, yeah, sorry, Jude- sorry, the staircase. I really ruined that for you. <laughs> yeah, right. And um, yeah, Jude Law's character at the end burns himself alive in a furnace wearing his silver medal and the flames make it glow gold. So you're like, I guess he came first. It it doesn't even make sense. <laughs> winner. Winner, <laughs> big winner. So do all the Shakespeare plays have a subtitle? Uh, not not all of them. The Prince of Denmark. <laughs> Often it will say like uh, uh, the tragedy. The full title is like the tragedy. A comedy. Of yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But, um, but people, this one's a tragedy. Mm. This okay. is certainly a tragedy. According to Guinness World Records, he, uh, he is the second most portrayed human character on screen wow. after Sherlock Holmes. Huh. Which is uh, contentious because people are like, "Well, what about Santa Claus?" Is he human? Is he not human? He's a demon. Mm. But carry on. <laughs> There's also the devil has been portrayed more yeah. times. Uh-huh. And uh, so is Dracula. So that's that's the little... <coughs> mm. the well, he's obviously a Dracula, so he doesn't count. <laughs> and then a lot of people are like, well, what about Watson? Surely yes. he's been yeah. That was my times. first question yeah. that popped into my head. But often, you can go solo, you can go solo. But yeah, uh-huh. there you go. That's according to Guinness World Records. Uh, Hamlet is the longest of Shakespeare's plays, so we really should get into it soon. <laughs> uh, according to Shakespeare Online, a great source, Hamlet has the most lines of any character in a single play. 
He has 1,569 lines. Nice. Uh, though, if you want to be very technical here, the character of Henry V. Dialogue for two. Yeah. <laughs> Carry on. Well, Henry V has dialogue for three. Oh, he speaks the most lines of any character technically because he appears in Henry V and uh, one and two as well as the prequel Henry IV. Oh, so he's in so three Shakespeare plays. was doing. Wait, did Shakespeare release them chronologically, or did he did he do a prequel? Because if he did oh, a prequel, I, is that the first ever prequel? Yeah. I'm actually not sure of the. Uh... Right in, everyone. <laughs> yeah, let me know, Shakespeare you... scholars. What a why are you listening to this? No, you're going to get real mad real fast. <laughs> okay, this is it. Hamlet is set in Denmark at Elsinore Castle, where the Danish royal family live. The play opens on a cold night on one of the castle's ramparts where guards are keeping watch. Well, they're trying to, but it's pitch black and they can hardly see a thing. No night vision back in the day. Oh. Eat your carrots. Only... No carrots back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> carrots were a few years away. Mm-hmm. Uh, the opening line comes from a guard called Bernardo who says, Who's there? <laughs> Turns Is he out... on a rampart? Yeah, yeah. he's <laughs> on a rampart. He's like, because okay. it's so dark, he's like... Who goes there? Huh? 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 <laughs> Turns out it's just another guard, Francisco, who's come to tell him that it's midnight and that he's being relieved of his shift. That is Great. an incredible opening <laughs> of one of the most famous plays of all time. The opening line is, who's there? Who's there? That'd be a great trivia question, wouldn't it be? Which Shakespeare player opens with, who's there? <laughs> <laughs> Trick question, most of them. Who done dark? <laughs> Where are you? Uh, before Bernardo can pop off to bed, another guard, Marcellus, and a man named Horatio, who was listed in the character list as Horatio, friend of Hamlet. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of a spoiler there, right? So far, he's the most important name to remember. So everyone remember Horatio is Hamlet's friend. Mm. The other guys, not so much. Uh, well, not so much important to the story. He has been invited by the guards, this is Horatio, to keep watch with them because over the last couple of nights, they've seen something pretty crazy. A ghost. I was going to say a ghost. Oh, really? I was going to say a ghost. Like, oh, what if it was a ghost? Oh, yeah. oh sort of ghost. Oh, it is a ghost. All right. It's actually and not just any ghost, oh. but a ghost that looks a lot like the recently deceased king, the father of our main character, Hamlet, also known as Horatio's friend. <coughs> so he's currently still the prince of Denmark. Yes. He hasn't become a king he's yet. He's the okay. prince. So he's listed in the, uh, the character list as Hamlet, a prince of Denmark. All oh, right, okay. Horatio initially doubts their claims of seeing a ghost and says, quote, tush, tush, twill not appear. <laughs> did he? Did Shakespeare invent tush? <laughs> yeah, it's the first instance of a tush, okay. which we all it's use also, to this day. It's also super good that he's not like, tush, tush, ghosts, they do not thy exist. He's just like, it won't appear. Twill, twill not. <laughs> ghost real, yes. Appear it will not. Yeah, but he is forced to eat his words moments later when the ghost does appear. Horatio asks the ghost some questions and then it quickly disappears. Confused with wonder, he admits he also thinks it looks a lot like Hamlet's dead father and is even wearing his clothes. Oh, I would not l- nude then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> would that look. looks like the king, but he's in the nutty. <laughs> I've never seen the king naked, yeah. but I am, when I've thought about it, it looked heaps like this. <laughs> and I thought about it a lot. Yeah. Uh, the ghost does come back. Horatio again questions it and just when it appears like it will answer, it's about to open its mouth. A rooster crows, and the ghost, possibly scared itself, disappears. <laughs> well, the king was always afraid of poultry, wasn't he? So it checks out, doesn't it? I love that too. It's like, oh, God, what's that? Uh, Horatio decides that they should tell Hamlet, his friend, mm. that what appears to his father's ghost keeps appearing and speculates that maybe it will talk to his son. Yes. So that is the intriguing opening scene of Act One. What do you think so far? I didn't realise this was like a murder mystery. Yeah, well, did you know that it had a ghost either? No. 
Also, I'd love to see how when the Shakespeare play originally like was performed in the 16th, 1600s, how they portrayed a ghost. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's sort I'm of probably like, just you know, a guy being like, <laughs> probably a goat. <laughs> just a goat out there. It, it looks just like my father. Shakespeare <laughs> loves a bit of wordplay. Goat, ghost, yeah. it's so similar. That's right. Get the goat in there. Yeah. Tush, tush, for you are just a goat. <laughs> I am very intrigued. That's uh... We all know goats are scared of roosters. Uh, that's right. They're mortal enemies. It all, it all stacks up. Uh, so the next act opens and King Claudius, who's now the king of Denmark, reveals some details in Prince Hamlet's messy family life. Hamlet's father died suddenly and his brother Claudius became a king and very hastily married Hamlet's mother, Queen Gertrude. So Claudius' brother died, and he became the king and then married the king's wife. Okay, so, his so sister Claudius is Hamlet's uncle. Yeah. Okay, good. I was thinking brother for a second there, and I was very confused. <laughs> yeah. No, no, he's... he's uh, so basically, Claudius married his brother's widow, Gertrude, and now is Hamlet's uncle dad. <laughs> yeah, nice. I hate Uncle Dad. <laughs> you don't have my real Uncle Dad. <laughs> yeah, that was Tim. He also died. <laughs> Uh, so Uncle Dad gives a bit of a speech about he's sa- about how he's sad that his brother died, but he's happy that he married his brother's widow. <laughs> All a bit weird. Yeah. Swings and roundabouts. You know, there's some some bad stuff. There's some good stuff. So you know? is this what is known as a soliloquy? Is he just saying it to the audience? No, no, he's saying that. Uh, so he's got the uh, he's in the king's court. So there's a bunch of the family, few uh, oh, okay, yep. few servants around, and he's sort of going, "Oh, it's a bit sad that the old king's dead, <laughs> but you know what? This this new wife of mine, she's pretty great. Yeah. So, huh?" Uh. So let's stop being depressed, hey? <laughs> uh, it's also revealed that Denmark have a bit of a beef with Norway, a uh, country very close to them, that goes back a little while as Hamlet's dad, the king of Denmark, who's now a ghost, back in the day killed the king of Norway on the battlefield. Oh, Ooh, he shouldn't have done that. So a bit of a rivalry happening now. I can uh, understand why they're upset. Yeah, yeah they're, they're annoyed <laughs> for is. reasons unknown. <laughs> Kind of a big deal. Uh, throughout the play, they have little mentions of the fact they're worried that the prince of uh, Norway... Prince Fortinbras <laughs> will one day invade them and seek vengeance. It's vaguely referred to throughout the play. I won't mention it myself. King Skittlebrow. <laughs> cop that. Yeah, cop that. <laughs> well, it's it's mentioned. I won't mention it that much because um, just to, so not to confuse everyone, but keep that idea at the back of your mind that Norway could invade at any time. Anytime. Okay, also, right. like, come on, Norway. The kings. The person that killed your king is now dead. The, it's over. I know. Let it you go. Won, yeah. yeah. <laughs> let it go. I think it, it is implied that uh, Norway weren't that strong, but now they're sort of getting more and more strength and they're yeah. worried that they're going to mm-hmm. seek their vengeance anytime. Yeah. So just, just keep that in the back of your mind. So tensions are building. Yeah, bit of tension. So the king's gone, but he's got a new wife. <laughs> yeah. So everything's cool. It's all cool. Marrying your sister-in-law does not seem like a <laughs> good move. Oh, it's bad. Though, Henry VIII did that. Oh, yeah, famously made great decisions. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so uh, his first wife, Catherine of Aragon, perhaps, married his brother, who was, who was the king, and then when he died, he married her. Mm. I'd just like to point out to the listeners who heard that but couldn't see your face, you definitely went very, very deep within your own memory <laughs> just then. To, to work out which... Well, <laughs> it was like it was ready to go but sealed back somewhere. <laughs> you have to do that because he had six wives, so it did not go that well for wife number one. <laughs> Actually, they were married for 20 years or so. Uh, there you go. Uh, the speech that uh, Uncle Dad King Claudius just gave was in front of Hamlet, his son slash nephew. nephew. Yep. Was there. Hamlet was in the crowd. Also in attendance was Polonius. 
another main character who was an advisor to the king, Polonius, an amazing name. I like to think that there are stage directions during the live performance of the play where they're like, he's a main character, <laughs> follow him. Think about Not him. Marcellus, he'll be gone in a minute. Don't worry Let about him. Don't worry about it, he clocked off and he's gone home. So Polonius is there, advisor to the king. He is joined by his son, Laertes. Mm. Laertes? Does anyone have a regular name? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's why I'm sort of repeating them many okay, times right. to avoid the confusion. What happened to all these names as well? I'm, I'm, I think it's time for Laertes to come I back. I think so too. <laughs> well, they, this is set in Denmark, right? Yes. So maybe they just they might still be common in Denmark. That's, Denmark, okay. that's, but a, that's a really good point. I am pretty excited for like a Steve or a John. <laughs> yeah, to yeah, yeah, to come back in. Hey, I'm John. Uh, not a main character this, but just needed to break up the names. <laughs> well, if you find this one confusing, uh, go back and listen to uh, the Anton Chekhov play I did, The Seagull, Ooh. where the two main characters are Nina and Irina. Oh, <laughs> Damn it, man. <laughs> that is hard to, hard to keep track of. So anyway, uh, Polonius, advisor of the king, his son Laertes is there. Laertes asks for permission to return to his studies in France. He's asking the king if he can go. The king, King Claudius, says yes, and off he trots. So we won't see Laertes for a while. Then King Claudius turns his attention to our main man, Hamlet. Claudius inquires as to how young Ham is holding up since the death of his father. <laughs> and it turns out... He's not doing too good. Especially after hearing Uncle Dag brag about how great <laughs> yes. it is. He's like, man, it rules. Finally get to kiss my dead brother's wife. <laughs> and I was like, oh, God. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's my mom. Yeah, Shut it up. Is. Yeah, hey. it is. I'm kissing your mom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you have to call me Uncle Dad. Uh, in Claudius's words, he says, quote, how is it that the clouds still hang over you? Basically, his... <laughs> His dad's been dead for a couple of months and he can't work out why he's still upset about it. Claudius says, it's cute and all to mourn your dad, but get over it. He once lost his father and his father lost his father. It's just part of life, mate. <laughs> My dad died and I don't even care. Who cares? <laughs> Hamlet's mother, Queen Gertrude, asked the young man Hamlet to stay with the family for a while rather than return to his studies in Wittenberg, which is what he wanted to do, and he glumly agrees to stick around the family court. Just wanted to go to Wittenberg. Wittenberg oh, come on, Mum. I'm sad. <laughs> it's it's bloody. Uh, no, I've lost my train of thought. I, <laughs> I had a bit and it's gone. <laughs> I was going to say it's yoga, it's yoga bomb night at the campus. At, oh, please. Wittenberg. It's O week. It's O week. It's the best on, week of the year. Mum, I'm sad. Just let me go meet some college babes. Oh, please, Mum. But Stop he said, uncle. he said, all right, I'll stick around to watch you kiss my uncle. <laughs> uh, everyone leaves and Hamlet enjoys his first soliloquy, Here which is where a character speaks their feelings out loud and no one else in the play can hear them. Mm. A bit of a, you know, behind the hand to the audience, huh? Mm. huh? Hey. This is what I'm thinking, but no one else can hear this. I love when amateur theatre performances do soliloquies really, really wrong, where the character like takes like four steps forward and is standing <clears> like <throat> it's way. Says <laughs> I, these are my thoughts. <laughs> I'm not really what I say I am. <laughs> so he, in this, no one knows. Well, there are uh, instances of Shakespearean characters where they do an evil laugh. So, <laughs> but Hamlet. Here he reveals his inner turmoil and complains that his uncle, Uncle Dad, is nothing like his father and that it's like comparing himself to Hercules. Hmm? Mm. Favourably? Yeah, no. I was going to say. Hercules <laughs> is bigger than, bigger and better than I am, just like my dad's bigger and better than my uncle. Ah, okay. I was gonna... <laughs> that's a weird... All right, Hamlet, you're working through a few things there and that's fine. He also reveals that Claudius married his mother Gertrude within a month of his father dying. 
and he's pissed off about it. I bet, yeah. Too soon. It's supposed to be twice the amount of time they were going out, and then you can ask. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, though, I'm married for 10 years. Yes. You wait 20. You wait 20 years. And then, then you, you can get your slide in those dance. Yeah, you know? right. Hey, yeah. it's uh, the 20th anniversary of your husband's death. <laughs> How you doing? You up? Yeah. <laughs> uh, then Horatio, friend of Hamlet, mm. arrives. Uh, he's an old chum who also studies at Wittenberg. And he arrives with the guards from earlier and they tell him about the ghost of his father that they've been seeing. Hamlet is instantly intrigued and asks to join them on night watch to hopefully see the ghost. Ooh. I had no idea there was ghosts in Hamlet. Yeah, the ghost is... Uh... <coughs> Although there's ghosts in The Lion King, so I shouldn't be too shocked. Mesa, can you confirm there are ghosts in The Lion King? I cannot. I can do no such thing. <laughs> and I will do no such thing. Was it a shock to you to hear that The Lion King has ghosts? Yes. 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 It's a bit like, okay, okay. Although now that I think about it, I, I seem to recall like a like a shot and there's the little, the lion is on a, like a ridge or something and then there's a there's a big lion in the sky. So mm-hmm. maybe that's, yeah. that's Hamlet's dad. Yeah. <laughs> okay. He's a big lion in the sky. Hamlet doesn't actually mention this, but The Lion King is a straight adaptation. Hamlet is a lion, and oh they just don't goodness. mention it. Wow. Oh, yeah, sorry. I thought that that was implied. <laughs> well, that explains the funny names, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're all famous lion famous names. names. <laughs> uh, the next scene is at Polonius's house. Remember Polonius? Advisor of the king. Advisor of the king. Thank you so much. He has two children. One we've already met, Laertes. He's off to France. <laughs> mm-hmm. Put him out of your mind for a little bit. The other is a daughter named Ophelia. Ah, that's a name I recognize. Yes, the play's love interest. Oh, well, she would like to be the love interest, as Hamlet has told her that he loves her. But before he leaves for France, her brother Laertes warns her that, yes, he says he loves you now, but that's when he's just a prince. One day he'll be king and he'll want to marry someone far above your station. So don't waste your time now. Yeah. He's a real confidence builder. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she agrees. Yeah. <laughs> Get out. You'll be out. You'll be out in your ass. Don't let, don't let the door of feel you on the ass on the way out, lady. <laughs> Well, her father, Polonius, advisor of the king, comes and he echoes her brother's sentiments on Hamlet and actually orders her not to see the young prince anymore. Oh, don't even give love a chance. They do not. Brutal. So that's a bit of a sad scene for Ophelia. First scene we see her, she's being uh, told to avoid Hamlet from now on. Over on the ramparts, it's nighttime again and Hamlet, his friend Horatio, and a guard, Marcellus, wait in the cold night, hoping the ghost will again appear. And it does. Which is exactly the noise it made. (laughs) It beckons Hamlet to go with it. And despite his friend's warning, Horatio says, I wouldn't go with it. That's a ghost. He goes with it. You'd go with a ghost here, Dad, I reckon. After a time, the ghost, now alone with Hamlet, speaks to him and reveals that he is the ghost of his father who was murdered. (gasps) Or as the text reads, murthered. (laughs) Moited. It's a moiter. <laughs> uh, Merthyr, an old-timey way of saying murder. Oh, Merth- I like it. Do you like it? Oh. Merthyr. First degree, Merthyr. <laughs> I hate it. Okay. <laughs> no. I love it. it. I'm going to use it in real life. <laughs> when you're threatening someone? Yeah. I'm going to uh, Merthy you. People are like, what? sorry. You're going to what? Should I be scared or is, happy? Is this a good or a bad thing? <laughs> is the knife related to what you're huh? talking about? Can make me a nice sandwich? Is that what a Merthyr is? Is it like a Reuben? Oh, I love, oh, love a large Reuben. Mm-hmm. Love a Merthyr even more. Yeah. Uh, Hamlet is very shocked by the news as no one was sure what had killed his father. It's been a bit of a mystery over what killed him. Mm. The ghosts 
Us? It was cholesterol that <laughs> yeah. got me in. Too many murthers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the ghost asks Hamlet to avenge his murther. Oh. <laughs> Does he reveal who murthered him? Well, it gets even more shocking, douche. <gasps> As the ghost reveals his father was murthered by his brother, Uncle Dad Claudius. <gasps> no. Whilst Hamlet's father was sleeping in his garden, sign, <laughs> sign of a, a beautiful, great life, mm-hmm. King Claudius, who was then just Prince Claudius, his brother, poured poison into the king's ear, and when he died, stole his crown, and now his wife, who the ghost specifically asked not to avenge as she doesn't know of the murder and has just been corrupted by Claudius. He says, leave my wife Gertrude out of this. Okay. Your mother. Leave her out. Don't avenge her. Yeah, (laughs) She didn't know. Never about it. She didn't pour poison in any of your father's orifices. (laughs) What a a way to kill someone. (laughs) Pouring poison in their ear while they slept in their garden. I know, if they wake up, it's, whoa, what do you do? Yeah. (laughs) Sort of mid-paw. <laughs> they move and it's on, all over their cheek. They're like, hey. If anything, I poured poison in your mother's orifices. That's where you guys came from. <laughs> Respect your mother. <laughs> well, the ghost disappears and Hamlet is mind blown, but now also set on revenge. Horatio, the friend, and Marcellus, the guard, appear and ask what happened and Hamlet does not tell them all what he has heard. Do you think Marcellus is sad that he's not also the friend? No, he, he, he's just he a just, guard. He just wants to be a friend. Yeah, I think so. Guard first, friend second. That's true. Hamlet gets them gets them to swear not to tell anyone and what they know about the ghost, which they do. And then they actually you actually hear off stage Hamlet's father, the ghost, saying, Swear, swear, swear. Really? Seriously. Wow. That rolls. I love Shakespeare now. <laughs> so good. Uh, Hamlet tells them. This is Horatio and Marcellus, he's not in front. Oh no. That from now on he will pretend to have gone mad and to be very depressed. As a way to investigate the king without letting him or anyone else in the royal court know what he knows that Claudius killed his father. Oh, going That's undercover. a real big roll of the dice, it considering is... how people dealt with people that had gone mad. Yes, it is. It is. A, it, but I think it's in a way to make himself not seem like a threat to the which is yeah. often the opposite of what happens, and then they get killed. That's right. I know, all locked away forever. Yes, this is a bold gamble. <laughs> Hamlet is also quietly suspicious, he reveals in another soliloquy, that the ghost might in fact be the devil trying to deceive him. Ah, okay. So he wants to make sure that Claudius is guilty before he exacts his revenge on his uncle. See, that's good. Now, finally, I was going to be like, characters in Shakespeare never make logical choices. Okay, sure, ghost is real. But are you going to trust a ghost? I wouldn't. I know, yeah. (laughs) It could be the devil. It could be. So that is the end of Act 1, the longest act that sets everything up for the rest of the play. Mm. So now we've got... Hamlet, thinking that his uh, father was murdered by his uncle, mm-hmm. he wants to exact revenge and he's going to pretend to be mad yep. in order to <laughs> confirm before avenges his father. Whilst being cautious that he may, in fact, be under the influence of the devil. That is right. Mm. I hope that like it ends with like, oh, wait, no. Yeah, it was the devil. Oh, well, it might. It mm. might. But then it turns out that Pierce Brosnan also needs a babysitter. So he's <gasps> going to dress as a woman. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Hello. <laughs> it's I, Mrs. Hamlet. <laughs> That's how he's going to confirm. Hey, book cheaters, Dave here to quickly tell you that this episode of Book Cheat is brought to you by Audible. Audible has the largest selection of audiobooks on the planet, and now Audible members get more than ever before. 
you're a member, each month you get three titles of your choice. One audiobook, two Audible Originals, and fitness programs that you can't get anywhere else. Sounds fantastic, and that's because it is. You can listen on any device, anytime, anywhere, at home, at the gym, on your commute, or just when you're out and about. And right now, for a limited time, you can get three months of Audible for just $6.95 a month, which is more than half off the regular price. All you have to do is go to audible.com slash bookcheat or SMS bookcheat to 500-500. Now, if you want a recommendation of an audiobook that I have been really enjoying, one that really helped this report that I'm doing on Hamlet right now. It's Hamlet, the Archangel Shakespeare, fully dramatized edition of Shakespeare. So if I really want to understand Shakespeare, I know they are very confusing for a lot of people. I find that too. I read it through once on my own, just sort of working it out. I probably get about 80% of what's happening. Sometimes I don't get it all. Then I like to read along whilst I listen to an audio adaptation of it. And this time I use Hamlet, the Archangel Shakespeare. It's like hearing the play whilst reading the words. And it really, it makes sense so much more. So if you want to get into more Shakespeare's, there's hundreds of them on Audible. That's the one I suggest. And you can do that right now with this uh, special offer. And obviously the more people that do this, the more likely that Audible will be like, oh, I want to keep sponsoring BookCheat. And they give me a little bit of sponsorship money, which I put towards buying uh, books for the show studio time, all that kind of stuff. So if you've always thought about trying Audible and you want to try this trial, why not go for it now and support BookCheat? So one more time, all you have to do is go to audible.com slash BookCheat or SMS BookCheat to 500-500. Audible.com slash BookCheat or SMS BookCheat to 500-500. Thanks, Audible. Now back to Hamlet. Well, Hamlet gets to work pretending to be mad. And the next act, Ophelia tells her father Polonius that Hamlet appeared while she was sewing and he was, quote, ungarted and down-gived to his ankle, pale as his shirt with his knees knocking each other. Basically, <laughs> he was semi-naked and looking real terrible. <laughs> Polonius deduces that Hamlet must be mad with love for his daughter Ophelia and decides to tell the king and queen that that's why Hamlet has been so down lately. It's not the death of his father. Mm. He's in love. I get it. Love makes Make- us all mopey. Also, Ophelia's drunk, clearly, with that description. <laughs> <I know. laughs> she, he was down to his, he was down to his scroggins and <laughs> up in the fairyland, and I... Oh. Ophelia, have you been drinking again? <laughs> no, I've been sewing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm in my sewing room. <laughs> Don't go in there. Uh, meanwhile, the king and queen themselves are talking to Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Oh. oh. Now, I'm aware of these guys. Yeah. You are aware? Because I'm aware of Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. I've yes. seen that play. Will oh, that Tom- spoil the ending of this book? Tom Stoppard? Yeah. Yes. So you've seen the play? So the, basically they are semi-minor characters in this play, yeah. which inspired Tom Stoppard in the 60s, English playwright, to write a play called Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are Dead, which we'll get to the title later on. Yeah, right. <laughs> and that takes place in the wings of, yeah. of Hamlet. Like Lion King two and a half. Yeah, that's right. In the wings of Lion King. Mm. Wait, are they the Simone and Pumba of Hamlet? No, surely not. I wonder if there is a... Well, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are two more of Hamlet's school chums, so they are friendly with Hamlet. Yeah. Are they silly? They're silly in the play, but it's also a bleak play. Yes, yes. (laughs) This is very, very silly, the play, yes. It's more more of a parody of who they are. Yeah. So Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are two of Hamlet's school chums. The king and queen want to employ Rosencrantz and Guildenstern to cheer up Hamlet, but also to spy on him. We think he's gone mad. Can you cheer him up? They also want him to to work out why he's been so down and acting the way he has. 
So basically, hang out with him, cheer him up. If you can't cheer him up, report back as to why he, you can't cheer him up. Right. <laughs> this seems like the easiest plot. Like, this would work so well for Hamlet and everyone involved if Rosencrantz and Guildenstein are just like, hey, this has happened. Why are you mad? And he'll be like, uh, it's so that... It just feels like people need to talk. If they're friends, people need to trust each other. Just chat, just chat. But they can't work out why he's so depressed about his father dying. They just can't work it out. (laughs) He lived a good life. He lived to 32. The oldest people can get in this society (laughs) currently. He's the oldest man we've ever known. (laughs) So Rosencrantz, Guildenstern, they agree to the offer. They're like, all right, we'll go talk to him. We'll let you know what he says. Then Polonius, the advisor, enters and declares his theory to the king and queen, the theory that Hamlet is mad with love for his daughter Ophelia. Mm. He's like, it's not the dad. It's my daughter. He's even brought in a love letter that Hamlet wrote to her to prove his theory. Polonius suggests that himself and the king and the queen hide behind a painting or a curtain and listen in on a conversation between <laughs> Hamlet and Ophelia this to, to 100% confirm his theory. Rules so much. It just goes Scooby-Doo episode out of yeah. nowhere. All right, let's just uh, you know drill some eye holes in this painting. We'll watch them and then we'll see what happens. Now... A little wrinkle in, in the plan here is when my eyes go left and right, they make a, sort of a plinking noise. Is that going to be suspicious <laughs> at all? Plink, 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 plink. The king agrees to this plan. Of course he bloody does. <laughs> and then Hamlet arrives and not wanting to look like they've been talking about him, the couple leave and then Polonius is alone with Hamlet. That doesn't look suspicious at all. Hey, I'm, I'm back, king and queen. Well, uh, go, go. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Hamlet pretends to be mad and not and to not know who Polonius is and says, quote, aren't you that fishmonger? Ooh, rude. <laughs> Hamlet speaks like a madman whilst peppering in insults about Polonius's age. Just a bit of fun for Shakespeare's wow. audience. I love when you go to a Shakespeare Live and there are the older people that are laughing so hard at the little <laughs> jokes that Shakespeare's peppered in. So he's saying things that don't make that don't seem to make that much sense. But every now and then he's talking about how old and uh, how how grey his beard is and things like oh, that. Oh, oh my goodness! So he's uh, having a bit of fun insulting the older man. Mm. Polonius leaves vaguely catching on, saying, "Quote: Though this be madness, yet there is method in it." Which is where we get the phrase "method in the madness." Oh, and where Method Man got his name? Yeah, the rapper. <laughs> I should have gone with that reference. I'm so sorry. No one knows Method in the Mathers, but everyone knows Method Man. (laughs) Got to talk to the kids. Which Shakespeare play did Wu-Tang get the name from? That's a bit of a trivia question. (laughs) There's no answer. (laughs) I thought I was like, okay. Method Man is one of Wu-Tang I did know that, but I was like, maybe they are. Enter the, how many chambers do they enter? 36 chambers. Mm. How many plays did Shakespeare write? Ooh. Impossible to say. Yeah. Yeah. But he aimed for 36. Yeah, exactly. So Polonius leaves being like, I think that guy was insulting me somehow. But anyway, uh, then Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, the friends arrive. Mm. And Hamlet is at first happy to see his old school friends, but quickly realises from their questions that they've been sent by the king and queen to spy on him. And it coins another great phrase, quote, what a piece of work is man. Mm. <laughs> what an old dirty bastard is man. <laughs> when you think about it. <laughs> Rizzo. <laughs> <laughs> Is his father some sort of ghost-faced killer? (laughs) I'm so done now. Now When we're done. Good night, everyone. Yeah, goodbye. (laughs) Sorry, I completely steamrolled that. What does he say? (laughs) Oh, what a piece of work is, man. So when you say, oh, what a piece piece of work, work. that's a... Uh 
We've already coined a few phrases. Uh, method yeah. in the madness, piece of work. Uh, Rosencrantz says, if you're unhappy with man, then perhaps you'll be entertained and distracted by this travelling group of actors we've brought with us that we call the players. All right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The players, yeah. yeah. Okay. Hamlet devises a plot to stage a play called The Murder of Gonzago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wow, this uh, uh, yeah. there's so many events in Hamlet because I what happening? That, it's the longest play I told you. Yeah, but I can see the copy right next to you. It's not that big. <laughs> no, it's not that uh, tiny it's font. 130 pages of you know, but written out in play form. Obviously, yeah. so it's mm. different to a novel. Uh, so he comes up with a play, or to stage the play called "The Murder of Gonzago," a play that closely mirrors the method of murder of his father. Bit of poison in the ear happening happens in this play. <laughs> this is the, just. The plan so this is, is going to be a play within a play. Yes. Wow. This is the most famous play within a play. Oh. Uh, the the uh, fact that there's one, there, one exists yeah, at yeah, all yeah, is amazing yeah, yeah. to me. <laughs> the players will perform the show for Uncle Dad Claudius. And if he is in fact guilty, surely he'll show signs of guilt when someone is murdered with poison in the ear. Oh, like I done it. <laughs> oh, hang on. <laughs> too real. Too real. <laughs> too soon, baby. And also, Hamlet says he's going to add in a little speech of his own to sort of he's oh, going, to, okay. he's going to rewrite the play. Is a Hamlet bit. going to be in the play, or is he? No, going he's going play? to be in the crowd, keeping an eye on yeah, Claudius right, and how right. he reacts. Okay. The act finishes with the line, "Quote: The play's the thing wherein I'll catch the conscience of the king." Ooh. End quote. An end act. Wow. There you go. So, a lot happened in that act. Yeah, a lot of stuff happening. A lot of bad decisions, I feel, um, which is. A common occurrence in Shakespeare plays. But isn't it just a common occurrence in life? Ooh. Yes, which is think. what he was doing, putting a mirror up to your bad decisions. <laughs> oh, no, society. You know when yeah. you've decided to put on a play to catch out your uncle for murdering your father? We've right. all done it. Mm. Really, we should have looked for better evidence than that. Exactly. Circumstantial, if anything. Mm. So on to the next act. Hamlet's so-called friends, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, return to the king and queen empty-handed when it comes to an explanation as to what's causing his weird behaviour. But they tell them how Ham seemed pretty keen on the players and a play that they're putting on. So the royal couple agree to go along to this little show. <laughs> a play by a madman. <laughs> <laughs> this will be wild. Okay. But if it makes our son happy, maybe yeah, okay. maybe this art will save him. Yeah. Before... Do you think that's maybe because people thought Shakespeare was crazy for making art of any kind? Is this a mirror up if to society? If he even existed. Whoa. Yes. That's how mad he is. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Uh, before that, though, Ophelia's father, Polonius, the royal advisor, mm. arrives and he and King Claudius decide to set up a conversation between Ophelia and Hamlet and to secretly eavesdrop. Remember before they talked mm. about hiding behind a painting? Yep. Now they're going to do it. <laughs> With Polonius and Claudius secretly watching on behind a painting so or, or for, a curtain. Yeah, I was going to say, did they go for painting or curtain? Or did, did, never made clear. They're just hiding. Yes, I think uh, in this scene they are just hiding. Later on, one of them will hide behind a tapestry Ooh. hanging on the wall. Hard to hide feet under that, which is funny to imagine a tapestry and then just legs sticking out the bottom. No, but they've ingeniously made a tapestry where people are standing, yeah. but the feet aren't there. So Shakespeare invented like... long tapestries. I don't know if you're aware of that. Wow. Mm, yeah. Shakespeare's he did a lot in his very long 32 years on Earth. He's a great, great guy. If he even existed. Carry on. <laughs> so with Polonius and Claudius... The king, secretly watching on, Hamlet walks around the corner talking to himself, uttering what is probably the most famous line in all of Shakespeare's plays. To be or not to be, that is the question. What's it mean? <laughs> Luckily, I have looked into it for you. <laughs> Basically, Hamlet is musing on suicide. Oh. 
and talking about the pain and sadness of life, but how often the fear of the unknown in death keeps people going, which he describes as, quote, this is more from it, the dread of something after death, the undiscovered country from whose born no traveller returns, puzzles the will and makes us rather bear those ills we have than to fly to others that we know not of. Basically, it's to live or not to live. That is the question. Is it better the evil you know in life or better the possible evils you don't know in death? Can I, I have a question? Yes. Isn't his dad a ghost? His dad is a ghost. <laughs> so yes, then and he he's, knows, he so he's that... come back from the dead. Yes, he sees actually at the start of the play, he sort of uh, briefly talks about how he's in purgatory at the moment for some ah, sins okay. he committed. I see. Um, but he can't 100% confirm if everyone this, comes back as, as a ghost. This feels like a big leap from Hamlet, who has just been acting mad, had everyone around him just respond in crazy ways, and I was like, maybe I'll kill myself. Yes, well, because he's so depressed about, one, his father dying, and, and then his uncle possibly killing him. He's, he's How's thinking, the play going to go? Yes. <laughs> you know? people, I mean, tickets aren't selling. Yes, yeah. It's opening night. Everyone's nervous. He's put a promo code out, but nobody's biting. <laughs> oh, come on. They wait, till the, they wait till the last minute. Just buy them now. No, I feel better. Two reviewers just cancelled. Oh, oh, no. Goodness. Oh, man. My goodness. Steve Bennett's in. That's an in in joke. The Chortle reviewer who often gives very brutal comedy reviews uh, during the Melbourne Comedy (laughs) Festival. Uh, So it's very depressing stuff, to be or not to be, but obviously a very, very famous line. Mm. I imagine you've often said it in your your life not knowing what it means. not in context of any kind, yeah. Uh, So that... (laughs) It's good that people are just quoting that not knowing that it's about suicide. Yeah, that's right. Thinking about like, (laughs) oh, gosh. If we knew... If if we knew... Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Heaven was guaranteed after this. I'd be there in a second. (laughs) Well, also, it's good to know that uh, we finally got a question, uh, an answer to like, is it better to like, because Kylie Minogue famously said it's better the devil you know, so therefore stay alive because that is an evil that we're aware of. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Kylie was, of course, finally answering this question, to be That's or not right. to be. Yeah. To be is the yeah, answer. Yeah, to be, to be. Thanks, Kylie. To be. Our Kylie. And now she's spinning around. Hey. purgatory. <laughs> Classic Turns Kylie. out she was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so to be or not to be, he's saying this to himself, Ophelia arrives after this thought to return Hamlet's love letters, which he denies giving her in the first place. Smooth. Nice. Yeah, but he's written him. He's bloody... Oh, because oh, he's mad. Okay. He's, he's pretending to be mad. Whilst... I can't, well, is, is he pretending? It's hard to tell now. Well, whilst in reality she is loyal to, uh, to Ham, he suspects that she, like all the others, is turning against her and he starts being very cruel to her, Aww. pretending he's not in love with her. He says, I do love you, I don't love you, sort of playing, playing with her a bit. Then he starts ranting about humankind. He says another famous line, get thee to a nunnery. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. There's another okay. song called that. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. It's controversial. <laughs> right. Uh, it's, it, there was a backlash about it. I look, Yeah, Matt's not in this episode, but I also have deep Tism knowledge. So I'm I know you're a big Tism, Tism fan. <laughs> um, yeah, they wrote a song about it. was a kid's 
radio uh, kids TV host who was quite attractive, and the media kind of dug into her about being basically too hot for TV. Right, and then yeah, well, we can all relate to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's why that's why we all do podcasts. Mm. Too handsome to exist in video form. And that host name was Agro. <laughs> <laughs> too hot for TV. Mm-hmm. So yeah, get thee to another. Get thee that's to another. I've heard that. I think yeah. that of of all the phrases so far, that's even to be or not most. to be. Yeah. I think well, so, there yeah. you go. Yeah. Uh, basically, he says, "Become a nun and don't marry. All this love stuff's bad." Yeah, right. Marriage is terrible. He has a go at women for making men act like monsters. He goes on a real rant. He denounces a victim a, blaming. I get yeah. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He denounces Ophelia, who thinks he has gone mad. He's in such a rage at this point that to answer your question, Joel, it's becoming harder to tell if he's still feigning madness or genuinely losing the plot. Look, bit of bit of bit knowing of that is the tragedy of Hamlet. I'm going to go with genuinely losing the plot. See, this is where there could have been another of those soliloquies where he goes. <laughs> FYI, not really mad, just faking it. Guys, I'm cool. Cool, everything's cool. I'm in control. This play's going to go great. <laughs> yes. I'm really confident. Can anyone fly for me later? Yeah. <laughs> I'm confident with the play. I just need people to get to see it. Once yeah. people see it... Then the word will spread. I've spoken yeah. to the producers. Apparently it's normal to not sell tickets until the last moment. This is fine. That's right. We've got enough to fill the front row currently. It'll Come be, it'll be That's great. all that matters. Uh, so King Claudius is watching on this whole time behind the tapestry slash painting. Having heard this, he realised that love is not the source of Hamlet's madness. So he starts to fear something bad will come from this madness and resolves to send Hamlet to England for a bit of a sea change, hoping this will make him better and at the same time get in the hell away. Right, okay. Ophelia's father, who was also watching on Polonius, he's still convinced that Hamlet's got the crazy <laughs> hots for his daughter. He will not drop it. <laughs> And he says to the king, okay, how about this time I eavesdrop on Hamlet talking to his mother, Queen Gertrude, then see what he says to her. This guy seems just like a real perv. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the key. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, can I get your permission to watch your wife in her room? Hmm, is that okay? Yeah. I think maybe we'll figure it out if I watch her have a bath. <laughs> that'll, yeah. that'll do it. Ill know then. Yeah. Uh, Claudius agrees to the plan. Yeah, he would, wouldn't he? Classic uncle dad move. Mm. Then it's opening night for the play, within a play, The Murder of Gonzago. Mm. The players are performing with Hamlet's added parts. Everyone's nervous, we, we know, but it's got, the show must go on. His old mate Horatio from the start of the play is there, <laughs> the friend, Yep. and Hamlet tells him what the ghost told him about his father being murdered. So he's the only other person who knows the secret now. Mm-hmm. And he asks Horatio to keep an eye on Uncle Dead Claudius just to see how he reacts. Mm. The play starts and we see the play being performed whilst Hamlet and others in the royal court watch on and comment. So they give a bit of director's commentary <laughs> going on. So you get a bit of the wow. play being performed and then a bit of, huh, huh, what do you reckon? Wow. Another famous line occurs. two puppets from The Muppets that just complain about everything? Uh, well, Statler and Waldorf. Statler and Waldorf. Yeah, they're just, Statler and Waldorf. And- they're just going through it. Another famous line occurs here. They are watching uh, a queen in the play, within the play, mm-hmm. Gonzago, which is supposed to represent Hamlet's mother. The queen in the play says, quote, I would never marry if my husband dies. Hmm? Right. Bit, of a, bit of a shot at Gertrude. Okay. In the stands watching... I'm not a tart. <laughs> <laughs> like other queens I've heard of. <laughs> Absolutely never smooch my brother-in-law. <laughs> but in the stands watching on, Hamlet leans over to his mother and asks what she thinks after this line, being like, mm-hmm. huh, that line was for you, what do you think? And completely unaware, his mother Gertrude replies, quote, the lady doth protest too much, methinks. Oh, this this 
Plays quotables. I know, another famous line there. Mm. Meaning that the fake queen protestations of love and fidelity are a bit too far-fetched. Like, as if she'd stay faithful. She doesn't get that that line was directed (laughs) at her. She's just angry that this queen isn't horny enough. Yeah, come (laughs) on. I mean, you get lonely within the month. (laughs) Trust me. She says that, but she'll go back on it. It's one of the benefits of being the queen. Yes, you can do whatever you like. Whoever you like. Yeah. Hey? As hey? long as it's your brother. <laughs> In law. In law. <laughs> Claudius turns to Hamlet and asks what the play is called. The king says, what's, what's this little play called? And he makes up a title and says it's called The Mouse Trap. Oh. Claudius doesn't know that he is the mouse and this is the trap. Oh, so he's having a bit of a crack at him there. Mm-hmm. Also, side note, Agatha Christie would go on to name her famous play The Mouse Trap, the longest running play of all time, after going. this moment. Oh, after this a moment. This a mo- <laughs> yes, uh, she had Italian roots. Okay. Uh, yeah, so that's where the, the mousetrap gets its name from. I've learned so many things. First of all, that Agatha Christie had a play called The Mousetrap. Oh, right. So, she's Italian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, if you like to hear all about Agatha Christie, listen to the Do Go On report about uh, the disappearance of Agatha Christie mm. from a, a few months ago. But, yeah, so uh, The Mousetrap, which I've seen a couple of times. It's the longest running play, a continuous play. So it's been running for over 50 years on the West End in London. Wow. And it hasn't missed a night in, in all that time. It's been performed over 25,000 times. Wow. Was it good? that good? Was, there we go. <laughs> yeah, well, so it's a, it is a murder mystery. Yeah. So that's the, the, the mousetrap. Oh, there's a, um, there's a sitcom called Toast of London where the actor. Oh, yes, yes, toast. with Matt Berry. Yeah, he, uh, he joins the cast of the longest running murder mystery play in London and he reveals the murderer in, 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 the, in the press. So I guess it's based on that. So. Absolutely, because at the end of the mousetrap, you discover who the murderer is, but they come out at the end and they actually deliver a line saying, please keep it a secret, keep the magic alive. Yeah, right. Wow. So yeah. they, they say that to the to the. Would cast. you say it's a good play? I, re- I, did it, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, I did enjoy it. Do you think that part of its appeal is that it is the longest running play? And in, that the, the ending world? is a secret. Yeah, so like, because well, I do love a good murder mystery. I love yep. a bit I'm of Agatha Christie. Absolutely going to look up the ending of this. Oh, don't, Joe. <laughs> I'm not going to tell people. I'm just going to ruin it for myself. Just go, what, okay, go, then. go see it. It's, it's, you know, and I think it is now. It's just sort of part of history. It keeps rolling on. And actually, the night I saw it in London, because I saw it when it, it toured to Melbourne, they did an adaptation of it. So I saw that first, and then I saw it in London later on. And the play, it, the theatre. This was about five years ago, but the theatre wasn't that full that night. And I was thinking, do they just keep this going to keep the record? Yeah, right, uh-huh. But, yeah, no, it is. It's a fantastic play. There you go. Anyway, the play within a play, The Mousetrap slash The Murder of Gonzaga, <laughs> rolls on and it finishes with the king taking a nap and someone murdering him by pouring poison into his ear. <laughs> the moment of truth. What does Claudius do watching this? Well, he suddenly rises and calls for the lights and torches to be lit. He calls for a stop to the play and hurries out of the theatre. Not suspicious at all. Yeah, suspicious. he took that one like a champ. Yeah. <laughs> and just like that, Hamlet thinks he has caught his mouse. Mm, in a trap. Yes. A mouse trap. A mouse trap of sorts. Because <laughs> Gonzaga was murdered. Long, longest running play <laughs> in the world. <laughs> he speaks to Horatio, Hamlet, and the two agree that the ghost was telling the truth and that Claudius must have killed Hamlet's father. Before he can carry out his revenge, Hamlet is summoned to see his mother in a soliloquy, he admits he will now be honest with her. Oh. So he thinks he's confirmed it. This, look, Hamlet, you've taken a lot of risks and your plan has somehow currently gone fine. Try not to mess it up, buddy, but I feel like he's gonna. Come on, don't mess it up. 
Well, the king is panicking now and starts to realise that Hamlet is a real liability and asks Rosencrantz and Guildenstern to take him to England to get him away from the kingdom. Mm. When alone, Claudius starts speaking of his own inner turmoil and the guilt he feels for killing his own brother. Whoa. He reasons that he can't be forgiven as he still has the prizes the murder gave him, power Mm -hmm. and a wife. Nice. (laughs) But he still gets on his knees to pray. Hamlet quietly appears behind the king and has the opportunity to kill him, but decides not to, thinking that Claudius will go to heaven if he is killed whilst praying, something he does not (laughs) deserve. He decides to hold off on the murder until Claudius has committed a sin, like drinking alcohol, apparently a sin back then, Uh and if he kills him mid-sin, then he can send him straight to hell. Nice. (laughs) That is a powerful plan. Mm. I'm going to kill this guy, but I want to make sure that he goes to hell, so... uh... Yeah. Murdering someone mid-sin. That's real vengeance. You can stab him in the glowing red spot in the middle of his chest. That's his weak point. You've got to wait till he opens it up and then you stab him ah. and he's done. Good if someone stabs Hamlet as he stabs his uncle dad mid-sin because then murder is also a sin, so then Hamlet would have to go to hell and spend all of eternity. Oh, they have with... to hang out together. Yeah. yeah. Oh. I hope they're stuck like that. And that's that. a sitcom. Yeah. <laughs> Hamlet, Hamlet and uncle, uncle dad, dad in hell. <laughs> Uncle Dad. Yeah. Oh, you've done it again. You've done it again. <laughs> it's so hot down here. <laughs> what did you expect? We're in hell. Oh, hey. <laughs> they keep re- referencing how they're in hell, even though it's very obvious. <laughs> uh, Hamlet goes to speak to his mother in her room, where unbeknownst to Hamlet, Polonius is hiding again behind a tapestry. <laughs> Always check your rooms for Polonius. Uh, you got to check that. I'm looking in this room. And there's nowhere he could really be hiding. Luckily, it's a small podcast studio. Mm, that's right. Uh, Gertrude tells Hamlet that he has upset his father, meaning Uncle Claudius, and Hamlet is not happy to hear his uncle dad referred to as his father. Mm, no. He's it's... not my real dad, Mom. Oh, he's my uncle dad. <laughs> he flies into a rage and Gertrude cries out, fearing for her own life. Mm leading Polonius to call out from behind the tapestry in her defence. <laughs> Hamlet, thinking the voice is Uncle Claudius, pulls out his sword and stabs the tapestry, killing Polonius <gasps> through this little curtain thing. He pulls back the tapestry and realises he has stabbed the wrong man <laughs> and killed the wrong man. Haven't we all done that, you know? <laughs> and sent him to hell because being a big perv <laughs> is yes, a sin. That's that's right. Surely that's a sin. Mm. Surely. <laughs> Guest recurring character in the sitcom. Is <laughs> <laughs> he's walking around with, with a tapestry stabbed to his oh, chest? He's the he's the he's the neighbour in Home Improvement. Yeah. You can never see his face. It's just he's behind a tapestry, a, face. Yeah. Yeah, a tapestry tap- behind a fence. Yeah. <laughs> so he's killed Polonius. Whoops. Then Hamlet goes back to oh, abuse. I killed Polonius. Back to jail for me. He goes back to abusing his mother for marrying his uncle, and his father's ghost appears again to tell him off. For his harsh words. Remember the ghost said, don't pull your mother into this. This is about your uncle. Mm -hmm. This is all well and good, except that Hamlet's mother, Gertrude, can't see the ghost. And to her, it looks like he's gone mad and he's talking to himself again. Well, he did just kill a guy, so understandably his mother is stressed. He killed a guy and now he's talking to a ghost that she can't see. (laughs) It's also good that he stabbed the wrong man, then turned around and kept yelling. He tries to tell her that he's been feigning the madness the whole time. But the whole ghost thing isn't really helping his case. Mm. <laughs> Hold on. Just let me talk to the ghost, then I'll explain. <laughs> I'm not really mad, but look, ghost, ghost dad's here. He says kill Uncle Dad. <laughs> well, he tells his mother that he must travel to England with Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, but that he doesn't trust them at all. The scene ends with him dragging Polonius's body away to hide it. Nice. 
Wrap he should have just left it in a ta- tapestry. <laughs> it comes with its own hiding. Mm. So at this point, we'd probably take a little uh, little break mm-hmm. before we come back for Act Four. Well, let's do that now. And we're back. I've got a chalk top. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. I bought some popcorn that I will not be consuming okay. uh, during the play as it is too loud and distracting. Oh. It's... I never understood why popcorn's movie food. Pick something that's quieter to and eat. And you work in a cinema. I do work in a cinema. So do you, do you get complaints? Oh, I People don't usually get mad about popcorn. I just like the concept to me doesn't make sense that that was the food that they chose. Like some point when someone was like, what, a, what food are we going to sell at a movie theater? Popcorn. That was a mistake. Now Whoever let's... made that decision... Wrong. Well, let's quietly enjoy this food and listen to the advertisements. Are you doing an ad? Yeah, let's do one now. I was going to say. I thought that's what you were segueing into. Oh, no, I actually wasn't. But that's, oh, okay, never mind. that's good stuff. All right. And now a word from our sponsors. Yeah. Popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> Hello again, team. Dave here to tell you that this episode of Book Cheat is brought to you by HarperCollins and Lou Burney's new book, November Road. From award-winning author Lou Burney comes a poignant and evocative crime novel featuring a desperate chase across 1960s America set against the backdrop of the JFK assassination. The novel follows three principal characters. You've got a charmingly immoral mob fixer, a wife and mother from small-town Oklahoma, and a terrifying hitman coming together to make a fantastic new book. So fantastic that Lawrence Castan, who you might know as the writer of such films as Raiders of the Lost Ark, The Empire Strikes Back, The Bodyguard, or The Big Chill, well, he's picked up November Road for film adaptation. So really excited to see what he does with this great text. R.L. Stein, the famed Goosebumps author, one of my favourite writers growing up, I'm sure many of you read his works as well, he tweeted about November Road writing, quote, I'm really enjoying a down and dirty thriller, November Road by Lou Burney. Cold, violent and clever. You might enjoy it too. And if you think you might enjoy it too, it's available now at all good bookstores, both online and in the real world, or at harpercollins.com. November Road is the perfect gift for fans of crime novels, an excellent beach read, and one to really get into before you see the movie. Lou Burney and November Road. Now back to Hamlet. So Act 4, second last act here, which is our shortest act, Gertrude tells the king about Hamlet's madness and how he killed Polonius. Mm-hmm. She's like, he's really lost it. He killed your <laughs> oldest advisor. And this, you know, the pervy one. What <laughs> <laughs> spies on me in the bar. Yeah. This act of violence causes the king to realise that Hamlet must be dealt with. Mm. Rosencrantz and Guildenstern escort Hamlet to Claudius, where he is questioned about the location of Polonius's body. Hamlet tries to dodge the question with a few riddles and pretends to be mad, but eventually reveals the location of the body. Under the stairs. <laughs> also, Brian... yeah, Harry Potter him. Yeah, <laughs> no, you sent him to hell and then put his body under the stairs. That's rude. No, whoops. Also, brave again to feign madness whilst they were like, "We know you killed him. You man. killed a guy," and he's just like, "Oh, oh, riddle, riddle, riddle." <laughs> Maybe he's old and grey in the beard. And riddle, riddle, riddle. Yeah, yeah, like, oh, you fishmonger. <laughs> Well, he tells Hamlet, this is the king, that he must leave the castle for England at once and makes Rosencrantz and Guildenstern escort him to a ship. When alone, Claudius reveals that the three men are travelling with a sealed letter that requests Hamlet be executed when he arrives in England. I think, I think it's a letter to the English king saying, say. hey, this, this is my son-in-law, he's dodgy, you've got to take care of him. Wow. Just kill him on the boat. Should have done it. Should have done that. I tell you what, they should have done that. Throw him in the ocean. Yeah. Yeah. 
So Hamlet's gone, Polonius is dead, and Ophelia has gone, yep, you guessed it, mad. Whoa, with love for real? Yeah, she's, well, she's gone mad. Now she's wandering around saying things that make no sense. Basically, she's uh, mad possibly because her father has been murdered, very mm. close to her father, and also because her love, Hamlet, has been sending her these crazy mixed messages. Mm. And killed her dad. And and killed, yes. <laughs> Does Which, she know? The, he... ult- the ultimate mixed message, I killed your father. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whoops. But it was, I killed your dad, baby. <laughs> hey, now there's nothing between us. Mm-hmm. So she's wandering around talking absolute gibberish and her brother, Polonius's other child, Laertes, who, remember, at the very start of the play went to France, mm-hmm. has returned and now he wants vengeance for his father's death. And he's really pretentious. Yeah. <laughs> Those two things. Yeah. <laughs> he's wearing a beret. He's wearing a beret. Meanwhile, Hamlet's friend Horatio receives a letter saying that Hamlet's ship was captured by pirates and that he's actually alive and on the way back to Denmark. <laughs> That's convenient. <laughs> he was going to go to England, but now he's... Yeah. Don't worry. He gets wow. a letter saying, I'm all good, bro. I'm coming back. And the pirates didn't take anything except the letter that said he needed to be murdered. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll get back to that letter. Oh. But first of all, back to Laertes, the son of Polonius, who's wandering around looking for vengeance. At first, Laertes seems mad at the king. But when Claudius hears of Hamlet's survival and return to Denmark, the king is all too happy to point out that Hamlet is the one that Laertes should be angry with. He's like, okay, Hamlet's not going to be killed in England, all right? How about you kill him? He killed your dad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you want vengeance? Here it is. He says you deserve vengeance and that the two should have a duel. Ooh. They decide that Laertes will use a sharpened sword mm-hmm. as opposed to the usual fencing blade. So usually you do a best of three, just like they do at the Olympics now, where you have two not too sharp blades, and if you touch them, you get a point. You stop. But he's like, all right, we'll give you a sharpened sword, and just in case, we'll put poison on the tip of your blade, Laertes. And then you get it in his ear, and then he's dead. (laughs) I feel like this is also a scene in a James Bond film. Oh, with Madonna? With Madonna, yeah. Yeah, but isn't – I feel like that at some point that they swap those for – the fencing blades for actual swords, but it might be the world is not enough, so I can't remember it. It's Die Another Day. Ah, oh, it's Die Another uh, Day. Yes, because she does the theme song for Die Another Day. She does day, the same thing to Die Another which Day. Is... The world is not enough, of course. Garbage. Garbage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and Tomorrow Never Dies, Cheryl Crow. Cheryl Crow, yeah. It was originally Pulp. Is that true? Mm-hmm. They have a song called uh, Tomorrow... I think it's Tomorrow Never Knows, which was the original title of Tomorrow, Tomorrow Never, Never Dies. Dies, yeah. Um, and that was originally going to be the theme song when they changed the title and also they wanted uh, Cheryl Crow for some reason. Also, the pulp one would have been a weird one because it's a bit sexy, but like in a sleazy pulp right. way. Well, controversial opinion, but one of my favorite theme songs is that Cheryl Crow theme So you, for, for you, Bond. You would have never heard it. My favorite is uh, the Spy Who Loved Me theme. Nobody does it better. Really? That Nobody is my favorite. Does love better. that theme. Great, great song. I also really like uh, Adele's Skyfall. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And also, Goldfinger. Who could go past it? Yeah. It's pretty good. Diamonds Are Forever is also a pretty good song. Yes, Diamonds yes. Forever. Big fan. We could name every song, oh, and oh, we will. All the Shirley like Bassey ones. Russia with Love. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Dr. No really bangs. <laughs> she bangs. I'm you, Dr. No I know have, it's, no, okay, it's okay. The, J- the James Bond theme is really the theme bangs. of the... Yeah. It really bangs. That right. is, oh, my yeah. goodness. Yeah. Monty Norman? Fantastic. It is Monty, yes. <laughs> Fantastic. There you go. Yeah. Have, Have we named them James- all yet? No, we, we, we'll get we'll get to them. We'll just spread them out. Of yeah, yeah. <laughs> have you done a James Bond episode? Uh, on Do Go On, we actually have, yes. Okay, that's fine. We've done a James Bond so. theme episode. Oh, because I love the themes. I've been uh, really getting back into them lately. I love them all. Even Duran Duran. <laughs> that's a good one. Mm-hmm. It was a view to a kill, wasn't it? Yes, it is. Louis Armstrong does one. 
There you go. <laughs> Trying to name them all. Have we said all the artists yet? Wings, Paul McCartney, of course. Uh, Chris Cornell. We didn't see him before. Yes, Jack White, Alicia Keys yep. over there. <sighs> Bond themes. Yeah. What people come to this podcast for? <laughs> yes, of course. But- they're also good. They're also good. Mm. Uh, so he said, he said to Laertes, this is the king, Claudius. Well, you'll duel Madonna style. Yeah. James Bond style. <laughs> And if that's not enough, Claudius decides the that on the, not enough. <laughs> well, if, that, if the world is not enough, mm-hmm. <laughs> Hamlet Claudi- never dies. Claudius decides that on the off chance Hamlet wins the duel, he will congratulate him by taking him out with a sort of a golden gun, oh. if you will, <laughs> a chalice of poison. Oh, so basically, if Hamlet wins the duel, he'll be like, "Hey, cheers! Mm. Drink this cup of poison." Yeah. <laughs> I so, was like, good, I'm very thirsty from this fight. But don't back out because then you'll be a real octopus. <laughs> <laughs> that is. We did it. We did it again. Good night, everyone. That is fantastic work. So now it's all going down. The act ends with Gertrude entering with some bad news, though, I'm afraid. Ophelia has drowned. Oh. Ooh. I feel like I knew that. I don't know why. Is it in a Nick Cave song? Sounds like something would be in a Nick <laughs> uh, Cave song. It certainly is. And it's often uh, depicted in uh, a lot of. Artworks depict her drowning. Right. Did she drown herself or did she just fall into a lake or something? Or is this a classic Shakespeare fake out where she just had a bath or something and someone's like, I'm going to announce that she's dead. And then someone else is <laughs> yeah, like, Her dad was watching her in the bath. Yeah. <laughs> she drowned. And then they're like, Oh, wait, no, she's fine. Mm. But now she's drowned for real because of the other consequences that happened. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, it's not. Is cert- this Romeo and Julia? <laughs> what? No, she has drowned. And. Oh. Uh, Rest in peace. Do you know? Do you know this painting, John Everett Millay, one of the post-Raphaelites? It's one of the most I, famous. I do know. I do know that. I've seen that. Yes. That's okay. uh, which I'll post a, an image of. It's uh, Ophelia drowning. It's a. Uh, it's also often used in classical art memes. Oh, really? Classical <laughs> yeah. art memes. Mm. Imagine that, but with like text over the top that says like "me when I get home from the clubs" or something like that. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. That is good comedy. It's pretty, pretty, pretty. <laughs> Meme comedy, my favourite type of comedy. I don't understand these kids. Yeah, well, well, it's not certain if she took her own life or it was just an accident caused by her madness. We're not sure what caused her to drown. Laertes runs out of the room upon hearing the death of his sister, because remember, they're both Polonius's children. I hope now, rather than fighting Hamlet, he goes to fight the sea. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Damn you, sea! Take this poison sword. Uh, Claudius. Cop this the sea. Yeah. Actually, Blue. Blue. do you know that... Achilles did that. Um, I think it was Achilles. Someone in um, that the very big Greek book, the Odyssey. Uh, yeah, the Odyssey. Um, they get so upset that they kill a river with a sword. Right. Haven't we all. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's also that famous story of the king who said, "Look, I'm so powerful, I can control the sea. Uh, sure, even the sea will bow down to me." And then went down, and of course, the tide. He said, "I can control the tide," and of course, he couldn't. Mm. That was a bit of a oh, that was a real. <laughs> Damn, this king thing's not as good as I thought it was yeah. moment. Well, there you go. So uh, Laertes runs out. Claudius takes the opportunity to tell his wife, Gertrude, that he had calmed Laertes down but with this about the death of his uh-huh. father. But with this news, he's not sure if he can control him. Bit of good cop, bad cop. <laughs> because he's secretly not... He doesn't want to tell his new wife that he just organised for a second time for his, her son to be murdered. <laughs> right. So he's just going to make it look like Laertes just wants to duel him and yeah. kill him without anything. I got away with this once. I'm not I'm not risking it with a missus again. I'll sleep in the bloody doghouse. I'll tell you what, mate. Uh, we don't have a comfortable couch to sleep on. <laughs> well, the second last scene of the play is colloquially referred to as the gravedigger scene, which we've been working up to since the start of the play. Mm. 
Hamlet's back in Denmark and he and Horatio visit the local graveyard where they see two grave diggers digging a grave. Mm-hmm. Doing their job, basically. <laughs> Talking to the grave digger who doesn't recognise Hamlet, the grave digger tells the prince that he's been digging these graves since the day Prince Hamlet was born. Weird thing to say, but he yeah, says that right, to uh-huh. him. Unbeknownst, it's, it is Hamlet. The two uh, discuss how long bodies last in these graves. The grave digger jokes that the leather makers last the longest as their skin is so leathery themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Classic grave digger comedy. What a guy. Uh, Hamlet sees a skull in the dirt and asks who it belongs to, and the grave digger tells him that is it is the head of the king's old jester, Yorick. Cue oh. hey. another famous line that you were saying at the start. Whilst looking at the skull... Hamlet holding in his hand, he says, Alas, poor Yorick, I knew him. Horatio, a fellow of infinite jest, of most excellent fancy. He hath borne me on his back a thousand times. Can I just uh, quickly, again, just call out to all the listeners, can they just flood your inbox with requests to do infinite jest just so you have to read it? I will not be reading (laughs) infinite jest. It is too long. It's shelved alongside war and peace. (laughs) So it's uh, nice to have a declaration that you are indeed a coward. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, basically, please an octopusy. <laughs> Come on, it is um, it's very very long. Yeah, mm. uh, maybe maybe I'll get to it. Well, I'll have to do like a four part episode. I would love to get to Tolstoy War and Peace one day. Yeah. If you, I've got the copy. It is sitting on the shelf, but it will be a four part. And basically, I looked into it. There's about three hundred characters in there, and. In yeah. here, there's already there's seven characters, and it's already yeah. hard enough to remind you who I'm talking about. Mm. But you have to be like, all right. So I remember a few months ago we we're talking about this uh, Russian family. So you'll have, um, you'll have four different sets of guests as well, so they won't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll what happened to, last time? It actually, actually might help because that way I'll have to make it so they can understand. Yeah, if right. they can understand, people at home will. But oh goodness, I'm gonna kick down the door and be in every single episode and ask very confusing questions. <laughs> oh gosh! But wait, last time, Dave, you said this. Um, what what are they up to? Who are they? What are they doing now? Oh gosh. So may- maybe I will get to it. So he's holding Yorick. Uh, they knew each other well. How well, you ask? Well, he also says to the skull, "Here hung those lips that I have kissed. I know not how oft." Oh my goodness! I kissed his lips many times. I don't even know. I don't know if it's like protocol for the jester to make out with the prince in this court, but maybe uh-huh. it is. Yeah, that's Polonius's request. <laughs> no, you and the jester, you guys, you guys got to kiss though. Yeah, I'll be, the, I'll be the, behind this pain. Come here. The tapestry keeps yelling at us to kiss. We better kiss, kiss, kiss. kiss. <laughs> that the tapestry's yelling. <laughs> well, if the tapestry wants it, yeah. uh, Hamlet in this end considers mortality again and. How even great rulers like Alexander the Great or Julius Caesar once looked and smelled terrible like this skull. (laughs) Yep, all right. And now, hundreds of years, thousands of years later, even at this stage, they are probably just dust. And that it's possible that people who once ruled the world are now dirt used to plug a barrel or even just a part of a wall somewhere. Mm. So no matter how great you are. Your body's just going to become rubble one day. My brain just clicked that, like, holding someone's skull of whom you've kissed heaps is a very intense thing to do. It's it's holding a skull of someone you know is just yeah intense. But, like, looking at a skull and being like, wow, I kissed you lots. That's a, that's a lot. <laughs> that's well, the one thing you're going to take away from this episode, yeah, I think, just- Joel. Well, if we jump away from the play for just one second, just a, a fun story here. In eighteen, uh, sorry, in 1982, <laughs> mm-hmm. Polish composer and pianist Andrzej Tchaikowski. Ryu. <laughs> Andrzej Ryu's brother. Side <laughs> note, he has the smuggest face I've ever seen on a man. Andrzej Ryu. Oh, right. I yeah. thought you knew Tchaikowski. I was like, wow. <laughs> I mean, I 
No, yes, but I don't know what he looks like. So, not to be confused with Tchaikovsky. No. But Tchaik- uh yes, but Andre was very, very smug looking when he's playing that piano, uh, violin. <laughs> Just going, dun, dun, dun. Looking all at people all the- are going nuts and crying. Oh, Everyone always people- cries. Gosh, Guys, I shouldn't it. have said Andre Rieu. <laughs> Let's get back to the new anyway, story. Back, this is already a story that's away from the play. Polish composer, pianist Andrzej Tchaikowski uh, died of cancer at the age of 46 in 1982. And in his will, he left his body to medical science with the added proviso that his skull, quote, shall be offered by the institution receiving my body to the Royal Shakespeare Company for use in theatrical performance. Wow. He wanted his skull to be used as Yorick the next time they did Hamlet. Uh-huh. And whilst it was used in a number of rehearsals, no actor or director had wanted to use his actual skull on stage. They just found it a bit weird. Until in 2008, David Tennant, oh. former Doctor Who actor, used the skull in a production of Hamlet at Shakespeare's hometown of Stratford-upon-Avon. He did this without the audience knowing as he didn't want to distract them. Mm-hmm. The show transferred to the West End and the press team told them that they would no longer use the real skull as it's too distracting for an audience in this very important scene. But this was, in fact, a decoy to throw them off the scent because he was still using the real skull, (laughs) including in a filmed performance for the BBC. Wow. It's uh, the Polish guy's 36-year-old real skull. Wow. Did they attach the jaw? Could he make it go like... Wow! Wow! Oh, oh, hello! I love kissing you. (laughs) Come here, give us a kiss. Uh, 2011 was the 50th anniversary of the Royal Shakespeare Company, and to celebrate, some stamps were printed in in the UK with pictures of performances of Shakespeare's plays over the years. One included David Tennant as Hamlet holding Andre Tchaikovsky's skull, so his official website now says that technically Andre has appeared on a stamp. (laughs) How good is that? That's pretty good. That is good stuff. It's a fun little side note that I enjoyed discovering. Yeah. I that is a story I knew and I had forgotten and now I am surprised that I was able to forget that because that is incredible. It's quite incredible. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that was a bit of a side note, the uh, Tchaikovsky skull. <laughs> Hamlet is standing there contemplating what happens to everyone's bodies when they die and he's as he's doing this, Ophelia's funeral procession arrives at the cemetery. Hmm. Hamlet doesn't know who it is and ensures that he and Horatio aren't seen because he just sees people he knows coming in. He's like, oh, I don't want to be seen. As the body is being laid into the grave, he realises it is Ophelia. Her brother Laertes jumps into the grave to hold his sister's body one last time and Hamlet Mm. jumps in as well. (laughs) He starts declaring her love, saying, I loved her more, all this stuff. He even declares, like, I would would do anything for her. I would eat an entire crocodile, he says. (laughs) There you go. Weird flex. Weird. Uh, (laughs) The two start to fight but are pulled apart. The king and queen tell everyone that Hamlet is mad. They apologise and he just disappears. Claudius discreetly reminds Laertes to stick to the plan and wait to kill him in the duel. Mm. Don't well, do it ex- in a grave like a weirdo. <laughs> stick a poison sword in his ear. Which brings us to the final scene. Ooh. The next day, back at the castle, Hamlet reveals to Horatio how he got out of being murdered in England. Remember, he was on a, he was yeah. on a, on a boat mm-hmm. with the pirates. What happened? He secretly opened the letter that Rosencrantz and Guildenstern were carrying that called for his death warrant. And he swapped it with a forged letter that instead called for the deaths of Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Perfect. So when they got to, when they got to England, they probably handed in their own death warrant. <laughs> yeah. Whoopsies. Imagine that you'd be like, uh, "We don't have Hamlet anymore, but if he comes here, you should kill him." They, the king's like, you know, representative opens up and goes, "Oh, it says here we should kill you." <laughs> oh, Big no. idiots. Oh no! What a predicament we're in. Another classic Rosencrantz and Guildenstern <laughs> predicament. 
How are we going to get out of this one? out now. Spoilers, they don't. Yeah, they're beheaded, probably. Or hung, I guess. Neither particularly nice. Mm. Well, uh, Hamlet, back in Denmark, smugly talking to Horatio about how he uh, just frames some guys. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> Remember my school friends? I killed them. Yeah, how good's that? Also, your school friend, huh? We all went to uni <laughs> yeah, yeah, together yeah. and now I've killed them both. And he says, I do not feel guilt because they betrayed me, but he does feel guilt with uh, about the death of Polonius and he feels a bit bad for Laertes, the yeah, son. He's like, sorry. Well, <laughs> speaking of which... Uh, a companion of the king arrives called Osric, and uh, he arrives and uh, challenges Hamlet to a, a fencing duel against Laertes. Horatio advises Hamlet to decline, but Hamlet accepts the challenge. Mm, he would. Before the duel, Hamlet, feeling bad, asks for Laertes' forgiveness and for killing his father, Polonius, as he thought it was someone else. <laughs> Laertes is sp- suspicious but basically says, I haven't got any beef, beef with you. Uh-huh. Even though he does. <laughs> uh, the two men select their swords and somehow Laertes is given the one with the poison tip. Uh-oh. <laughs> what? Uh, the king gets his backup plan ready and says that if Hamlet wins the second, the first or second round, he will drink to Hamlet's health. He puts into the cup what appears to be a valuable gem or a pearl, but it is in fact poison and gives it to Hamlet. Oh. Ready to drink if he wins. Right. The duel begins. Hamlet strikes Laertes and wins round one, but passes on drinking until he's won a second round. <laughs> Just like to... Hamlet knows everyone in this room hates him. Mm-hmm. And is just like, wow, drinks and a celebration. This Maybe I've won them back over. Maybe my plan to fake mad has really paid off. They really forgive, forgave me for killing those people very quickly. Yeah. Right. Whoops. Uh, he does win the second round, and this time his proud mother proposes a toast using the poisoned cup. Oh, no. The king inst- instructs his wife not to drink, but she does, not knowing that it's full of poison. Mm, and alcohol, which is illegal. Mm. Oh, and oh, no. sin. <laughs> She's committing a sin and dying. Mm, that's right. Uh, the two swordsmen fight again, and this time Laertes strikes first and draws blood, hitting Hamlet with the poisoned sword. Ooh. They continue to fight and in the scuffle swap swords and Hamlet wounds Laertes with his own poisoned blade. So now they've both been cut with extremely strong poison. <laughs> the script says, quote, Laertes falls down, the queen falls down dying. End quote. <laughs> Laertes cries out, I am justly killed with mine own treachery. End quote. That's also a quote I've heard before. So he basically says, to, he explains to Hamlet. Mm-hmm. What's, what's happened? Everyone is confused as to why the queen is dying and she hasn't been stabbed, but she realises and says... <laughs> Faulty towers? Like, everyone... It just sounds like a weird bridge. Yeah, she's just falling down and she's like... Everyone's like, what's wrong with the queen? What's wrong? And she says, quote, the drink, the drink, I am poisoned. So she realises. Mm. Then the script just says, dies. <laughs> <laughs> just one word, dies. Laertes explains that he and Hamlet are dying because of the poison in their bodies and explains that it was King Claudius's plan. Mm. He's behind everything. Mm. Hamlet runs up to the king and stabs him. Nice. And just to be sure, he forces his uncle dad to drink the rest of the pro- poison from his mother's cup. Mm. Quote, King dies. Nice. <laughs> nice. Laertes forgives Hamlet for his, fa- his father's death and then dies himself. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so who's left? Hamlet, pretty much? Well, before Hamlet dies, he asks his friend Horatio to live on and to tell the story of what has happened here. Okay, I'm fine, actually. So I didn't get stabbed <laughs> or drink my poison or nothing, so I'm right, actually. Well, he I'll actually do that. He, he, says, do that, no, he says to Horatio, I know this is tragic, but don't kill yourself. Please live on. <laughs> Horatio's like, uh, yeah, I wasn't going to do that, uh, <laughs> but nice that you think I would. This has been a wild week, though. Yeah. Then we got a call back to the very beginning. Fortinbras, the Prince of Norway, an enemy of Denmark that they were worried would invade this whole time. He arrives on the scene <laughs> along with an English ambassador who just announces Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. You know, like in the play, yeah. the other one. <laughs> well, that's what. So the title comes from that because it's a bit of a joke because it's never explained yeah. and they're never yeah. really mentioned again. It's just Rosencrantz and Guildenstern <laughs> are dead, and everyone's like. Why? So that's, I guess that's what inspired. His school friends. Yeah. You know? <laughs> you know, so that's what inspired Tom Stoppard to write the silly parody of the play. Horatio, so Horatio promises to live on and recount the full story of what happened and Fortinbras seeing the... King Skittlebrow. In- Skittlebrow seeing the entire Danish royal family are dead. He takes the crown for himself. Oh, nice. So he takes it all back and the play ends with Fortinbras, Skittlebrow, mentioning that Hamlet should have an honourable military funeral. End of play. The curtain falls. <laughs> that is the most insane ending. I had no idea it was so hectic. It's crazy. So just a quick kill recap. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Every, nearly everyone's dead. Polonius, killed by Hamlet through the tapestry. <laughs> First murder. Ophelia, drowned. Possible suicide, we're not sure. <laughs> Laertes, killed by Hamlet. Using his own sword. <laughs> ah, oh, no, my own poison. Queen Gertrude drank poison accidentally. Ooh. <laughs> oh, no, this is poison. Uh, King Claudius both stabbed and drank poison. <laughs> I can oh. just imagine somebody being stabbed and then they drink and then the, the, the liquid comes <laughs> out of the pouring hole. out. Comes out of the hole, yeah. uh, Hamlet stabbed with a poison sword. And then Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, presumably executed in England. The only main cast, me- cast member who survives this whole play is Horatio. Yeah. And Marcellus is just on the top of the guard tower. Like. Yes, and then a few guards being <laughs> yeah. like, whoa, whoa. who is there? <laughs> but I imagine they've just been conquered by Norway, so they yeah, might be executed themselves. Did, so, yeah, that's right. <laughs> wow. The Lion King doesn't end like that, Mason. Oh, okay, so, good. Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah, there's no like... Well, then I don't want to watch it. Crazy murder-suicide stuff going on. Yeah. They really, really messed up that adaptation. <laughs> so just quickly on the themes before I get you to rate it out of five, because okay. many people have been writing and asking me to talk more about some themes, I will. So death is obviously a big part of the play. Mm. Many of the, the characters die, as I just said, throughout and at the end. If you want to use a fancier word, mortality. Oh, morta- Oh, beautiful. Mm. Put that in. Mm. Put that in, I'll our friend. Bump from that D up to a D plus. Connor from <laughs> Plainfield. Put it in. Mortality. Mm. Hamlet spends much of the play musing about death and what happens to people when they die, both to your soul and your physical body. His father dies and is trapped as a ghost in a sort of purgatory and thus starts his obsession with death and the great unknown. Mm. What exactly will happen? Mm. It's very philosophical and his to be or not to be ponder suicide and what ending one's own life would mean. Suicide is seen as a sin in the play. Mm. And Ophelia, possible suicide, the priest buries her in a certain way because she committed the sin of suicide, is what is what oh, it said. Okay. Then there's madness. Hamlet claims he is pretending to be mad in order to get evidence of his uncle's guilt, but throughout the play, the line between his feigned madness and possible real insanity blurs further and further. Duality. Oh, I like <laughs> this. I like this. Just think of that, uh, the stairs. 
Yeah, and Gattaca. Gattaca. Oh, much like Hamlet, we had a recall <laughs> right back to the start of the uh, If you reference Hamlet in your Gattaca essay, that's an A+, plus, surely. Mm-hmm, that's all right. Uh, the death of, he, of his father, who he discovers was murdered, leads him to be suspicious of all those around him, including his mother and Ophelia, who are not involved in the plot and both love him. Ophelia goes mad herself and drowns, brought on by the death of her father, but also possibly because of the harsh way Hamlet treats her when feigning the madness. So he also feels guilt, which is another big theme of the play. A lot of people feel guilt. He feels guilty about possibly, um, you know, betraying Ophelia and driving her to suicide. Mm -hmm. Claudius himself obviously feels the guilt of killing his brother. Obviously Mm -hmm. not enough to stop him murdering him in the first place. So lots and lots of lots and lots of themes there. Family is also probably a theme. Yes, and also some scholars will say you probably don't have to put this in uh, incest as a <laughs> as a theme because mm-hmm. some people say that they've got a bit of an Oedipus complex that Hamlet is in love with his mother and that's why he's especially oh, offended right, that she yes. married his mm. father. And the scene where he's in her room talking to her, people are like back in the day it was very uh, you know um, not many people would go into a woman's room like that. So maybe mm. he has a crush on his mother. Exactly. Another theme, Norway. Don't trust Norwegians. <laughs> Never trust Don't trust Norwegians. a Nord, Nord. Don't trust a Nord. So quickly to wrap it up, a score out of five from each of you. Hamlet, as I presented it here. Ooh. Nick Mason, what are you feeling? I'm going to give it a four and a half out of five. I enjoyed that a lot. Oh, 4.5 out of five. That's that's a bloody good score. It's a real, it's a real thrill ride, let me tell you. Give that I mean, a it name. made almost no sense, but, yeah, it was... but in that, oh, primo. Primo. Yeah. Primo Primo story. Primo Shakespeare. (laughs) I don't know. I think this this Shakespeare fella has a has a future in Yeah, he's onto something. In writing, I think, you know? And I'm probably gonna give it a four because I feel that uh probably one too many acts. It kind of slumped a bit in the middle (laughs) for me. Russ, Um, you'd prefer a a tragedy in four acts. Yeah. Mm, yeah. That well, I feel like took it took a little bit to get going, maybe. So we act. It opens with a bloody ghost on a guard tower. <laughs> it opens what with a guy it? saying, "Who's there?" Yeah, that's <laughs> come on. That's a mystery. It opens with a mystery. But the ending really, really, really everything came together. It was yeah, it was incredible. Uh, it was like it was like the bloody Usual Suspects or something. It was bloody Tarantino. Everybody's yeah, just, everyone's just dying, guns blazing, dropping you know? like flies. Yes, and so much ridiculous thing. So many just like swapping swords. Uh, an announcement that Rosencrantz and Guildenstein are dead. I love that. <laughs> They're dead. Okay. <laughs> how do the like the how do the characters in the play respond to that? They're just like, what? Oh, it's just part of a a, a bit of an, an ongoing speech. Oh. So the Fortinbras from Norway, Skittlebrow, and uh, <laughs> the English ambassador arrive with him, and he just declares Rosencrantz and Guildenstein are dead, and they just sort of moves on, and that's why it's yeah. kind of. I think that's sort of the the joke in Shakespearean communities was a bit like. Oh, okay. Maybe was that a... was the second draft. Maybe in the first draft they put they put a run of it on, and the audience were like, "There was no applause," and just somebody was like, "Excuse me, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what happened to Rosencrantz yeah. and Guildenstern?" You just, you just... Oh, I was wondering that too. Actually, you needed to wrap it up yeah, in a nice yeah. neat little package. Mm. So they just put that put that yeah. line in. I would give it a four out of uh, four point five out of five as well. I did mm. really uh, enjoy it a lot. Uh, in many ways, the ultimate Shakespearean tragedy. Yeah, lots and lots of death, but a, a few lols along the way. Ghosts. Yeah. A bit of yeah. humor, a bit of a uh, bit of wordplay. It's mm-hmm. weird because, like, because Hamlet has redemption. It isn't as tragic as like a Macbeth, which is just a man loses his mind and bad things happen to everyone around him who also lose their minds and everyone <laughs> dies sad. Yes, also a lot of death there as well, like heaps, <laughs> heaps and heaps. But yes, uh, all the main characters, bar one, die in this. Sorry, 
Quite impressive, really. Yeah, it wraps it all up <laughs> could, n- nice and neatly. Yeah, could, we have a we have a definitive winner. You know what I mean? A lot of a lot of plays, a lot of stories. You like who was the winner of this story? Yeah, great Horatio. He lived. <laughs> yeah, He's last man winner. standing. Yeah, that's right. He is the survivor. Yeah, that's Oy. right. He's a survivor. He's a Horatio. Of course, that was written about Horatio himself. Horatio, yeah. yeah. Uh, but that just brings us to the end of the episode. Thank you so much for joining me on your second book treat, gentlemen. My pleasure. Thank yeah, you for having us. Appreciate so you coming great here. to have mm. to. So wow, it was great to be back. <laughs> uh, uh, hopefully, Dutra will get you back in the future. I'm not sure it would be a trip ditch, a third Shakespeare, oh. or if you'd prefer something more modern next time. Well, maybe sure. something a bit longer, like an Infinite Jest. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes, well. <laughs> Maybe, as you saw there, uh, Shakespeare is very influential with phrases, especially with yeah. Hamlet. So many f- famous lines from that, including the infinite jest there. Maybe. We'll put it on the list. Let me know. If there's any books at home you want me to do, The bigger own. the better. Yeah. The Dave best. has heaps of free time. <laughs> yeah. uh, let me know. Um, there's a link in the description, as I said at the start of the episode. Basically, you fill out a little form, tell me why I should do it, and then I'll give you a shout-out when inevitably I do it. I think that you should go the other way. Don't torture Dave with a really – just get him to – Review a far side cartoon or something like that. <laughs> yeah. One panel, quick joke, and then we're out. In and out. I like it. Mm. Uh, but there are plenty of other great podcasts out there, including many podcasts that you guys do. Nick Mason, we'll start with you, The Weekly Planet. I'm on a podcast called The Weekly Planet, which is all about predominantly superhero movies and blockbuster movies and comic books and TV shows. We have a, a bloody good time, myself and, uh, and James, Mr. Sunday Movies. It's a bloody, bloody good time. But also you can go to planetbroadcasting.com which uh, Book Cheat is on, it's a, it's a network where there's all kinds of podcasts. Yeah, plenty of good stuff. And you're adding new shows all the time, which is really, really fun. All sorts of stuff. So go on there, planetbroadcasting.com, check out some pods. And speaking of podcast networks, Joel Dusha is part of another podcast yeah, network. Yeah, the, the Sandspans Radio Network. Uh, so that hosts Plumbing the Death Star, which I'm one of the members of, and I'm also on a few other podcasts. Oh, I, I'm, I'm super keen to listen about plumbing. Yeah, so. you love plumbing. I love yeah. plumbing. <laughs> Oh, wait, that's not consistent. <laughs> I hate plumbing. Yeah, you're, you're anti-plumbing. I'm anti-plumbing, yeah. Uh-huh. I worry about how you live. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of people do. Uh, I'm also uh, in uh, an AFL-based podcast called How Good's Footy. Uh, Matt Stewart from Do Go On has appeared on that before. And we also have a new video game podcast called Thumb Cramps, which uh, we started a couple of months ago, and it's like really finding its feet now. Uh Look, if you're looking for something new to listen to, I suggest that. Also, if you like me, but also like Planet Broadcasting shows, I'm on heaps. So yeah, that's true. You've yeah. been on many, many, many shows. Obviously, an earlier book cheat. Been, Prime Mates. You've been on Prime Mates. I've been on Prime Mates. Do you go on? You did a report on, on Ryan Gosling, which uh, I've was... I've been yeah. on Two in the Think Tank. I was at the HeyFam live show, so if you listen to that, you can probably hear me heckling from the crowd. <laughs> Just go to iTunes and look up Joel Dusher and he'll be in. He'll be, there'll be a long list. Many, many, many things. Mm. But uh, gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me. I really do appreciate it. And to all the book cheaters out there, thank you for listening. You can get in contact with us, uh, bookcheatpod at gmail.com, and we're at bookcheatpod on all the social medias. Drop us a line, give us a review. That is always very nice to read when those nice reviews come through. Uh, and, and until next week, I will say thank you for listening, and I will say goodbye. Keep book cheating, guys. Never read, just listen. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, good. I, do, I, like I do that encourage one. you to read. Mm-hmm. But thanks, everyone. Bye. Wait. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods 
for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.